Halloween is over, and now our capitalist overlords have decreed that it's time for every shop out there to attack us all with poppy Christmas music. Hide from all that for a little while with me. I like to think of myself as a pretty great gift giver. I remember people's likes and dislikes pretty easily, and I keep in mind things they've mentioned wishing they had or needs they wish were filled. Plus, there's a huge emotional payoff when I get to give them the gift and see their faces light up. But Katie, I hear you wondering, what does this have to do with writing a finale? Which I can see from the title of the episode is what you're supposed to be talking about. Did I upload the wrong audio file to the feed? No, gentle listener. All the things I do that make me a good gift giver are also the things that make me a bad finale writer. Or at least a very cautious one. This week on Scoring Magic, I'm going a little off book from what we promised you last episode. We'll still go into live table reads, but in a later episode. We just got too excited because we have finished writing all our scripts for season one. Jumping back a bit, let me explain why gift-giving and finale writing feel similar in my head. In the episode about writing other people's characters, I told you all about how badly I wanted to get the characterization and voice just right, because I didn't want to let Will down. When it came time to write the finale, however, I wanted to get everything just right because I didn't want to let you down. Finales are supposed to be bigger, bolder, more exciting. They're supposed to provide a satisfying resolution to threads you've woven carefully throughout your season. And they're supposed to plant a few seeds for the next season, if you're planning on having a next season. That's a lot of things to keep track of. Quick show of hands for a poll that'll definitely work in this one-way audio-only medium. How many of you were in some sort of advanced honors or gifted and talented type program during grade school? For those of you with your hands up, keep them up if, after finishing school and no longer being in those programs, you still felt this terrible cloud of potential hanging over you that you knew you had to fulfill, but had no idea how to fulfill. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All this to say, I really wanted the finale scripts to come out perfect. I'm a Virgo with anxiety who has made public claims to be a writer and has asked for money for this thing I'm a co-writer on. What if it all turns out to be a big dumpster fire that people paid money to make happen, and I waste all of your time, and all of our actors' time, and my co-creators' time, as I said earlier? Ah! Obviously, I did get through all of this, because the finale is written, and I didn't try to make Will do all of it. But it took some doing to get to that point. Will and I realized we were both putting off writing the episode, and that we did not have time to keep doing that. Last episode, we mentioned how we're running pretty behind our original schedule, and needing to use that window of extra time that we built in for just such an occasion. But beyond just worrying about schedules, we also wanted it done because we wanted to read it. Is that goofy? Wanting to have your season written so you can go back and read the whole thing and get starry-eyed over the story. 
Because if so, then yeah, I guess we're goofy. I'm okay with that. We got on a call that lasted about an hour, and as much as I want to let you listen to some of the process of what went down in that call, it is 100% spoilers, y'all. I cannot. There's 10 or 15 second blips here and there that are shareable, but that's about it. <laughs> I was just screaming the We Shop song Good. into the void. Good. As you should. So far, Will has added some outline things which are very useful. Mm-hmm. And all I've added is the text that says scene one and then fuck. That is true. <laughs> Can confirm. Also, we're in agreement. John does not need a daddy icon. Emoji, rather. Right? right. Yeah. Okay. No. But we went through themes we've touched on throughout the 11 episodes before and the emotional arcs of various characters. We talked about Stable, Will's book that is our source material, and about details we wanted to make sure we carried over versus details that no longer really mesh with the ways that we've diverged from the book. We thought about where characters were so far and where they would need to be by the beginning of season two and how to get them there. But like, we also had to outline the actual plot points. Character development is cool and all, but Valence also has plots and subplots that need to be addressed and tied up or developed to allow further unfolding later. We didn't want any of you to end up listening and then thinking, wait, but what about this thing? Or that thing. What? And to avoid that, we turned once again to Gabriel Urbina. I know we bring him up a lot, but he's really just that good. We used his 10-point story structure, which we'll link in the show notes, to plot out the episode because the finale has so, so, so many moving parts. And we needed to keep track of all of them and make sure they make sense to the listener and that they're narratively satisfying. We used the 10 points as beats in the main body of the episode, and it helped us tremendously in overcoming the feelings of lol, where do we even start? And then we kind of diverged from that plan a lot, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with diverging from your plan once you start writing. The plan is there to get you started and help you keep track of the things you want to accomplish. But if you start writing and realize, oh, this other way works even better, or, oh, I don't actually want to put my sound designer through this particular hell, or, hey, Anne, can we have another smooch sound effect approved for this season? Then that's absolutely all right. No battle plan survives first contact, and no writing plan is word for word what you thought it would be in the drafting stages. Stories are living things, and it only makes sense for them to grow and evolve along the way. At one point, Will and I both remarked that we were so damn pleased with the scripts and surprised at how much we liked them. I have a theory on why. When you have co-creators, you don't have full ownership of the words that end up on the page. This is a great thing. Remember earlier when I joked about how being labeled as gifted and talented messes you up with all those expectations of what you'll do? Yeah. It's real easy to look at your own work and see only the flaws, to invent flaws that don't even exist. We don't do that to nearly the same degree with other people's work. 
We really did that. We did that! Oh, wait. <laughs> you don't have headphones in, so, like, you're gonna echo. Oh! oh really good audio! <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> we... We finished... We finished... We... <laughs> we we, we did, did it so hard that we forgot words. Yeah. We used them all up. We really fucking did. We all out of words. We I are we've written we've written a full season of an audio drama and it's good. Like we did that. <laughs> we we did do that though. We did do that. Like holy shit. Ah, I'm too dehydrated to cry. Yeah. And I like I really I I think it's really good. I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but I also think it's I know. Really fucking good. I think it's really fucking good. I think it's really fucking good. That's crazy. Like, we did that. We did that. We did that. How? I, I don't know. So I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. How many, how many pages do you think we've written total? Um... 12 episodes averaging probably about 23 to 4 pages. I refuse yeah. to do math. So, uh, several. Okay, wait. 12 44 times, times 2. 288-ish. That might be math. Wow. Wow. Jeepers. How many pages did Stable clock in at, just for a giggle? Oh, Christ. So fucking many. <laughs> Too many. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> I wanted to compare. Let me look. Let me pull it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm rereading your, your comments on the finale. <laughs> I just can't, like, I just can't, I'm so happy with it. Like, yes, I know, I know that eventually in like three days, I'm going to be panicked over it again. But like, but I, I didn't, happy again? yeah, okay. yeah, I'm checking. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't think, I didn't think. I'd ever be this happy with anything. Th yeah. Oh no. Anything. That was a joke. Well, oh. I mean. <laughs> well, please. No. Enjoy. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> but okay. I never thought that I'd be this happy with something that I made or that I like had a a big, you know, role in making. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think uh, one of the beauties for me of of having a co-writer is that I don't look at it and see just my work that, yeah, that yeah. I, like, get mad at. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, Stable was 175 pages of single-spaced... Um, 11 point aerial. Oh my god. It's too long. That's so many McFucking words. Ugh. 
not even good ones. <laughs> it is like, I mean, like they're fine, but so it's just nothing. Good. It's nothing also, compared to where we got. And I'm very proud of that. When you have teammates, you're not looking at the scripts and thinking about all of the things that you personally did wrong. You're looking at something that you and your teammates created together. And that's really, really exciting because you did that. You made that. Unlike group projects in school, you and your teammates came together to make something that didn't involve you staying up late and plotting revenge while begrudgingly putting other people's names on the written by slide of your PowerPoint. I'm not bitter. <laughs> and eventually, you get to share that script with your actors, and then later, you get to share that episode with your listeners. The reactions we got from our actors were so encouraging and gratifying and validating. I cannot wait to hear the reactions from all of you. Writing this season of Valence has been the single most rewarding creative endeavor I've done so far. And it's also been the first creative project I've actually finished writing. It's massive, both emotionally and literally. No, really. I don't know how it compares to other shows of similar lengths, but, uh... We did an actual tally, and not a middle-of-the-night vague attempt at math later. The scripts for season one of Valence come in at 297 pages. That's wild to me. We started writing these in June. We finished before Halloween. I have literally cried over these scripts, sometimes because the writing just wouldn't come to me. And sometimes because I wrote a scene that is hopefully going to make you all cry. But I got myself good, too. Listener, remember how I said that uh, Will and I recorded over an hour of us plotting out the finale, but that I couldn't share more than a few tiny blips of it because spoilers? Well, what if I did anyway? Here's a tiny sneak peek at something that, for reasons I will not disclose, is going to happen in the final episode of season one of Valence. It breaks my heart the listeners will not understand how visually distracting Nico is. In this moment, he wouldn't be. No, but, but typically. But typically, yes. <laughs> is he going to dye his hair? He won't. Or just wear a hat. Oh God, no! That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, no, mm, he won't. Black knit he cap won't. for burgling or black dye for hair. Uh, it'll be just like a, like a. Oh my God, he had to dye his hair. 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 Oh my God. We can add a throwaway comment about that if we want, because I have a feeling this this episode's gonna need some moments of levity. Yes. And I am okay with making it canon at the season one finale that he has had green hair this whole time. <laughs> I told you I was a good gift giver. Scoring Magic is a Hug House production. Music this week by Broke for Free and Kevin McLeod. Next time on Scoring Magic. Ugh. We'll see. This episode went a direction we weren't expecting, and, like I said, stories are living things. So, let's see where this living thing takes us next. <laughs>